Good afternoon and welcome to Susan Harmon Experience. She, where we truly, truly want, I mean, you know, it's just so, why is this hard? Let's just love each other. Uh, Even if you're stupid, I love you. Okay. Hey, Eric, speaking of smart people, uh, it's good to (laughs) Thank you for that disclaimer. (laughs) Just love a segue that starts with, uh, hey, stupid. (laughs) And speaking of, Eric. <laughs> no, I said I'm smart people. No, I, like, like I said, I appreciate the disclaimers. So uh, thank you for clarifying that. I, I kind of segued in a curve. <laughs> <laughs> Happy Friday, Susan. Good to talk Happy to you. Happy Friday, Eric. Always good to talk to you. I'm glad to see your eyes are on the mend and that your, 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 your vision is clearing somewhat. Yes, getting stronger every day. It is kind of hard to do your job with your eyes doing this and that. That's true. That's true. I took a chance by uh, getting the PRK surgery, but I think it's going to pay off in the long run. And, uh, you know, thanks to some uh, nice reading glasses that's helping me out. So Cool. I am going to be up to, to Seattle next month to see my eye doctor. Very good. Because I have the best eye doctor ever. He, he must ra- be good if you're crossing state lines to see him. She. She. She must she. be good if you're She's crossing amazing. state lines. Well, let me put it this way. She does all the transplants at Harborview, and uh, the, all the doctors that need an eye doctor want to see her. Well, very good. Well, hopefully so, everything's okay with your vision. Yeah, no, it'll be it'll be fine. I'm going to end up needing surgery. I just waited too long with COVID and all that, so mm-hmm. I have to have a, an exam again before we can schedule surgery. So, and it's nothing big, but uh, I will be in Seattle. I don't think I can be in the studio, but I will be in Seattle. <laughs> no worries. Well, this has given me a, a tremendous amount of empathy for folks that have uh, have vision problems. So, you know. Uh, Hopefully it won't be that way for you, but uh, I I feel for you <laughs> if you're having trouble seeing out there. That's no, sure. I'm I'm actually doing pretty good. Um, you know, it's just a it's just a cataract. You know, sure. It's it's not. I mean, it's just. I mean, it's just that my the sight is not gone or anything. It's just not as good. I'm used to seeing distance out of one eye and up close out of the other, and just you know, not wearing glasses. So I'm really very fortunate. You know. I mean, I have I have nothing to complain about. How does how does I mean, I know we've got, a, you know, a guest waiting on the line and we've got you've got a <laughs> lot to cover today. But you you talk about that, uh, the vision uh, in one eye being your your far away vision and your other eye being your close. vision. how does your brain deal with? Well, that? it's I'm interesting. Uh, Dr. Shen, my doctor, she's amazing. A little shout out to Dr. Shan. Yay, I love you. Um, She told me when this first came up, because I had been wearing reading glasses, and then the reading glasses made made it started blurring everything for me. So I'm Mm -hmm. like, quit using them and didn't even think about it. And I've always, you know, hadn't been farsighted and blah, blah, blah. And she said she'd never seen it in a man. And and this is a few years back, so that could have changed by now. Uh, But she said, and never in a type A personality. But some people, the body just adjusts so that when you're driving or, you know, whatever, that eye takes over Mm. for both eyes. And then when you're reading, that eye takes over. 
and I never, it just happened. I never thought about it, uh-huh. but um, it's kind of, the human body is really pretty amazing if you let it do what it wants. Our brains are wondrous things when we use them. Ap- <laughs> and speaking of which, that will be our show today. <laughs> Basically, uh, we have a friend of mine. She's a very dear friend. And we we got to know each other through the whole mortgage crisis, which basically is still going on. Uh, Pina Belgrano. And she is speaking of highly intelligent. Uh, she's been a guest before. And she always says something great to say. And I thought, you know what? We always cut her off before we get everything said. And so today's show is a potpourri of, of COVID and politics and uh, equality and all the things that are important to us. And I've got to bring up on, at the top of the hour uh, the Georgia governor who's making me crazy. <laughs> you know? Well, let's so, say hi to Pina first. Hi, Pina. Hello, and I hope I will live up to your expectations. I didn't have much sleep last night. <laughs> But, yeah, you know. I think it's interesting. I think we're all dealing with personal stuff uh, as well. I don't know about you guys, but my days have been so busy, so full, so packed. Yes, same. Me too, yeah. I mean, it's just like you, you're doing three different things at one time. Uh, you know, we're, we're uh, and then on top of it, my daughter tells me on the 14th or the 13th, you've got to go see my tax lady. I have to get all this done by the, you know, tomorrow. <laughs> I'm like, okay. So mom gets to drive around in the 110, 111 uh, heat. <laughs> Our kids, so, you know, regardless of age, they always depend on us. No, it's crazy. Eric, you skipped that one, didn't you? So far, so good. (laughs) You sound like the guy that fell off the roof, and as he went by the seventh floor, so far, so good. Okay. (laughs) Sixth floor, so far, so good. (laughs) Never mind. It's it's one of those days, folks. Uh, uh, We've got... All this stuff happening astrologically, I mean, big stuff. Has anybody out there taken a look at uh, comment, uh, what is it, Why? Uh, shoot, Autowise, what, what's the name of the comment? Eric, you have to know this one. It's on. It's in the news. Neowise? Neowise, thank you, Neowise. Comment Neowise. It won't come back for over 6,000 years. I will not be around to see it unless that's my 10th life or something. I don't know. And it was visible in Seattle because a friend of mine tested me, so I think we're talking about the same comment. Yeah, it might not be visible today because we're getting a a particularly cloudy, foggy day today. But, you know, we are supposed to have uh, quite a bit of clearing here uh, the next few days, so it might be some nice comet viewing. It's supposed to be uh, uh, visible around, depending on where you are, 10-ish at night and about 4 or 5 a.m. in the morning. All right. And, well, I'll try, yes. I'm going to shoot for the so 10-ish just, at night. You know, I would go on, on, I would Google it first before you listen to what time Susan said, depending on where you are. <laughs> well, you are in Susan a different state. This, you know, right. this may not apply. Yeah. Well, but we're on the same time as you right now. Sure. But you because have a, a, we don't go on daylight savings in Arizona. Right. Yeah. So 
There is so much going on in the world. I think everybody knows that. If you in your own personal life are dealing with a whole lot of stuff, the world is dealing with a whole lot of stuff. For instance, as Americans, we are not welcome in all but three countries on the planet right now. Peanut and I were talking about this earlier. One of them is Turkey. And I think the African nation is Nimbabwe. I could be wrong on that. I can't remember what, what the one. But the the one that's kind of surprising that this, we're not— This being, what? of course, because of affairs of, of COVID transmission. Right. Yeah, and the fact that we have not <laughs> done a good job of tamping it down in this country. We're setting new records every day, so— yeah, we're number one. We're, yeah, anyway, um, I'm just so, God. So, um, yeah, but the one other country, we're not welcome in Canada. The one other country that we're welcome in, Mexico. The one that we won't let any, we don't want any of them to come here. And right now they're like, thank you for that. We really appreciate it. We didn't want to come there anyway. So. Isn't that an interesting that Mexico will welcome us? Yeah, you know, I've got uh, I've got relatives that are retiring down in Mexico. That's uh, right, and they're they're loving it. So, thank you, it's Mexico. A it's a beautiful country. I, I love it. I used to travel a lot. I haven't been there in a while. It's a beautiful country. It takes. I was talking to Pina about this. I, you know, I can the. I say, mi español es muy poquito y muy malo. I say, oh, you speak so well. I'm like, yeah, that one sentence, I speak really great. <laughs> <laughs> but as far as having an actual conversation, you know. Right. But when, when I'm there, the first week or so, I'm translating everything. Into the second or third week, I start thinking in Spanish. Interesting. Yeah. So in the end, I quit translating. But when you're immersed in something, you can, again, much like my eyes, you know, like my brain goes, oh. right. Yeah, everybody's speaking this. When I was in New Mexico last week to uh, get uh, uh, the interviews for this new project, remember Steve and I were talking about last week? Mm -hmm. We we haven't quite come up with a name. We, we, we've got uh, uh, Golden Ghosts is one. That sounds kind of cute, right? Um, but it doesn't quite get the whole thing. Uh, I think we were also talking kind about... That sounds like a breakfast cereal. <laughs> Put a big ball of golden ghosts. Gold, gold and, not golden. Oh, okay. <laughs> Very funny. But I kind of like that, golden ghosts. Okay, anyway, uh, the other one was like a treasure... Um, Treasure, spirits, and legend. And that just seems a little too weird. So I don't know. Well, we're, any ideas that anybody has, email me, Susan at SusanHarmon.com, and I will certainly take it into consideration and give you a shout out or something cool like that. I don't know. Uh, so that's, and the other thing is, I want to ask the audience before Pina and I launch into this. Um, if you have any Apache stories from the Apache, not the white version of what the Apache did, but from Apache, I would be interested. I've gone on YouTube, and it's it's horrendous. Everything that I've found is all from a white perspective, and it's really annoying. Um, 
you know? I mean, I think this is another thing we talked about this morning, right, Tina? We just came into this big, empty land, and, you know, people decided, oh, look, there's all this free land. Here, you take 160 acres. Oh, you take 160 acres. Yeah, it's just nobody's using it. We might as well. Free real estate. I mean, who wants free to Free real estate. Yeah. yeah. No, it's a, what a deal, you know. And and then and then these horrible people popped up somewhere, harassing our settlers. Can you imagine what's wrong with them? Right. Yep. Um, do I have to do the sarcasm disclaimer again? It couldn't hurt. <laughs> couldn't hurt. <laughs> For those of you who don't listen to me regularly, I do a lot of what I consider tongue-in-cheek, kind of a Stephen Colbert uh, way of saying things, if you will. You know, back when he was on the Comedy Channel, there were people who thought that he was real. Right. He was playing a character. He was playing a character. And I had this discussion uh, at at one point with another very dear friend that I really care about uh, that said to me, when, gosh, who was it that... They found out he had done something wrong with one of the stories he had told. He kind of made things up. NBC News. Um, Brian Williams? Is that the one who got fired? Was it Brian Williams? I believe so. Yeah. So he comes up and he says, well, you know, they're going to um, they're going to replace him with John Stewart. I said, what do you mean, John Stewart? He says, well, yeah, because John Stewart's a liberal. I said, John Stewart's a comedian. He's not a journalist. They would, on the right-wing circles, they were convinced that Jon Stewart was going to be the new um, journalist for NBC News. Hmm. That, yeah, never would have happened. (laughs) And I said, what are you talking about? That doesn't make any sense. He's a comedian. Right. And he just looked at me blankly like, what's wrong with you? Doesn't this seem logical to you? I'm like, no, (laughs) it does not seem logical. But now that we've had... Well, the thing was, at the time, uh, Jon Stewart hosted The Daily Show. And The Daily Show was more fact-based than your average (laughs) Fox News program. Exactly. It it wasn't that far-fetched. I guess I could see where he was coming from there. But the idea that Jon Stewart would ever take that job is crazy. And the fact that they would go with a comedian over a news anchor at that point was also crazy. Uh, hello. Yeah. I mean, it just, but no, this was, this was a serious remark. It wasn't tongue in cheek. Um, there's a certain kind of comedy that kind of goes over the heads of some people. So you're right with what I say that I think is funny as heck, right? Just, well, what did she, why did she say that? That's, you know, right. Cause it's funny. Okay, never mind. Anyway, speaking of things that aren't funny, that would be the governor of Georgia, Kemp, who cheated to become governor. Um, Pina, what was the what's the new book that Greg Palast is is uh, that's coming out? Oh, so it's basically it's how Trump stole the twenty twenty election, and it's coming out. Um, I was kind of surprised as I get his email. 
you know, ever since we attended together his, um, remember the opening of the documentary in Seattle? Um, right. How, how The best democracy money can buy. Right. And my other favorite was the vulture picnic, which you talked about, you know, the banks and all that. Um, but yeah. yeah, so I was surprised. I'm like, how did he steal the election? It's not quite election yet, but this should be interesting. I think it should be an interesting book. Uh, Greg Pallast is a um, a journalist. I mean, he he really is, and he is an investigative journalist. He he really looks for facts. He did a search on the people that were purged off the voter rolls in Georgia. Over three hundred thousand people they verified were legitimate voters that Kemp, as Secretary of State of Georgia purged from the voter rolls, and almost all of them were minorities. Um, and he's and Kemp has never been held accountable for that, and which I don't understand. Shouldn't that be illegal to for you to a misuse of power that you go in as Secretary of State, you purge all these people who would not be voting for you, you would have lost the election had they been able to vote, and you become governor and nothing happens to you. And now, the day after Donald Trump visits uh, Atlanta, where the CDC, that he's not going to decide, he knows better than they do, uh, visited, Kemp is now suing the mayor of Atlanta and the city council, not as entities, but as individuals, We're using state money to sue her and the city council people personally. For what? For the setting up a mandate to wear masks in the city of Atlanta. Now, mind you, I Which think... Which they have the power to do. They have the power to do it. And, yes. and July 1st, I think Athens did it. I'm trying to remember what other city was on July 8th. So two other cities did it prior to Atlanta. But she did tell Trump he was breaking the law to be in the Atlanta airport without a mask. Mm -hmm. Well, you know how well that sits with with Donald, the the weak ego. I mean, he can't be criticized at all. He, he attacks anybody that that even comes close to saying, well, you know, you could be wrong on that. Yeah. You know, this is a, so these are frivolous suits that are going to be thrown out. But in the meantime, he's wasting taxpayer money, taxpayer money. just to score political points. And will Correct. he be held accountable? Probably no. not. And where? What? I mean, it's totally ridiculous in the middle of this pandemic where everybody should just be working together to contain it. It's not even stoppable at this point, but at least to contain it. It shows, here's here's my position on masks. I have had several friends say, well, I, I find them very uncomfortable. So do I. I. I don't like to be walking around breathing my air when I'm in the grocery store shopping, but I care about you. I don't know if I'm asymptomatic. I care about you. And it shows that 70% more effective if I'm wearing a mask and I am have COVID, to prevent you from getting it. It's a social contract we have, folks. I am responsible for you just as you are responsible for me. 
I'm asking you to please wear a mask when you're around me and stay six feet away from me. I appreciate that. No. And I have gotten very uh, vocal about it. You know, I, I mean, I'm just, I'm just not going to, I like, I said to this woman, you have no right to endanger my life. Go put a mask on. Now, I'm not terrified. I'm not afraid. I don't want to get sick. But, you know, life happens and I'm going to do the best I can to stay well without, without being scared of everything. Yeah. But I'm not stupid either. And I do feel I have a social responsibility to other people. And when you talk about your liberty being violated because you're asked to wear a mask, are you allowed free speech by standing up in a theater and hollering fire? No, that's not free speech. You need to wear a mask because I should be important enough to you that you do that. Well, you know, we, we've talked so much about, you know, the sacrifices people made in World War II and how they're the greatest generation. I mean, not us specifically, but it, as a society, we've talked a little bit about the heroic actions people took to defeat the Nazis and the right. Axis powers. And I, I just think about that sometimes and think about, you know, the, all those sacrifices those folks made, if people can't be bothered to, you know, do something as simple as wearing a mask and keeping six feet away from each other and not having a, a large gatherings, you know, if we had that same attitude back then, we'd all be speaking German or Japanese now. That's right. Absolutely. You're totally correct, Eric. I mean, I, shoe rationing, tire rationing, all the things that you that you went without, driving on ball tires because we needed the rubber for the war. That's right. You know, because it was our country and we are one country. When did that go away? Yeah. And you want to talk about, you know, not having freedom, being drafted into the army and sent to a foreign land to fight. You lose your freedom that way. Right. That's right. But people That's did right. it because the the larger cause, you know, was so important. Well, you know, saving people's lives is important. So it a is. little sacrifice like this is just common decency. Well, and everyone say, well, it's uncomfortable. Yeah, I don't like breathing my own air either. I'm not excited about it. I'll tell you, as soon as I get by, close to my car and nobody's around me, that mask comes off. Sure. <laughs> it's off. I'm whew, fresh air. Yeah, and, and if you're you outside and you can a, social distance, that's perfectly fine. But it's at 110 to 115 degrees Trust me, I want to get that mask off as soon as it's safe to do so. Sure. I mean, I have these people come up around me, you know, because I wasn't moving fast enough. I said, stay six feet away from me. And they went, I'm tired of, of I'm not going to be polite. I'm in Costco. Everybody has a mask on. There's a woman in front of me. I'm waiting. She's got a little kid. She's trying to decide what she's going to buy. And this guy's trying to zoom around me. I look, get six feet away from me. And he stopped. Because you need to call people on it. You need to do that. Because otherwise, you're okaying what they're doing. And it's not okay. Hmm. It's not okay. And for those people, especially the ones that scream your liberty, the rights, and all that, and accuse you of living in fear, 
that you're being controlled, that you're scared, that you're weak. I mean, bottom line, my take on it is like, you know what? You have your rights and liberty, but the minute you're encroaching on mine, you lose your rights. That's, That's right. All. Absolutely. And and I was talking about this the other day. Well, you know, they're just trying to they're trying to keep us all imprisoned here in the United States. I said, then guess what? If that's the case, then every other country, except three, every other country on the planet is in on the plot. They're all doing this. So they're doing the same thing to us. That Are you crazy? Yeah, you are crazy. Because you can't see any further than the town you live in or the state you live in. And certainly to you, reaching out to the whole country you live in is huge. There's a whole planet here, people, a whole planet. And you've got to stretch how you think and how you see and how you relate to everybody on the planet. And if you look and see, and you know what? I didn't write the stats down, but the different ways that different countries have handled this are so much better than what we've done. I am so embarrassed right now as an American. And don't don't downgrade me. Don't I love my country. I probably love it more than you because I want to see it back like it used to be, the shining city on the hill, instead of this craziness that we're doing now. It's not right. No. So we're going to talk more about this. We're going to take a short break, but we're going to come back. I want to talk a little bit about what Donald Trump has done with the CDC. I want to talk, we just talked about personal responsibility but I also want to talk about the things that Steve Schmidt, some of you may know who that is. He, he was a Republican strategist and he's left. And I want to talk about the Lincoln Project and some of the other things that, that Republicans are doing. The one thing as a progressive I advise you not to do, don't donate uh, money to the Lincoln Project. They've got plenty. They don't yep. need yours. You want to donate money, donate it to progressive uh, organizations that hold the same view as you do because the Lincoln Project while their commercials are amazingly well done they don't care about our values as progressives they really don't right so don't give them any money they already have money people <laughs> so we're going to come back we're going to talk about all those things and we're going to try to tie in how sexism and racism and and the lack of equality all coincides with COVID and, and, you know, people saying Black Lives Matter. Yeah, all lives matter. Everybody agrees. But you're not getting arrested as a white person at the same rate as black people are or as long as they are. And if you don't look at the real stats on these things, you know, well, if they if they just act right, they'd be treated better. Uh, no. You're sitting in your car minding your own business and you get shot. I don't know what you could have done differently. So we need to change how we're doing that. We need to come together and be people. The police are supposed to be here to protect and serve all the citizens. The training just doesn't exist. Their job is not to go home safe at night. Their job is to take care of us. There's a lot of good cops, but there's really bad training. And right now in Seattle has gone so far from the way it was under Norm Stamper, a community police off, a community police organization that worked with the community to 
to brutalizing the community. This is not who Seattle should be. This is not who we should be as a nation. Militarizing the police is a really bad move. Uh, anyway, we'll, we're going to take a short break, and then we're going to come back and talk more about what are there, are there things that you and I, just as individual citizens, can do to make things better? Stay tuned to Susan Harmon Experience and learn a lot of good stuff. Are you ready to become comfortable in your own skin? The Vast Institute's encouraging curriculum is designed to infuse your world with optimism and creative life solutions. Our four pillars of learning provide a holographic toolkit taking you to the next level. If you're ready to experience a quality of life currently beyond your imagination, call us at 206-935-7872 or visit our website at vastinstitute.com to discover how to enrich your life at work or play. From Susan Harmon's private collection, these rare finds are now available for purchase until the end of June 2020. Quartz crystals that are large generators, rare Antarctic crystals with only three available, Russian phenakite, just one amazing specimen left, Czech moldavite of medium-sized high-quality pieces, and various spears. Check out the pictures at Susan Harmon's Facebook page or email susan at susanharmon.com or call 206 206- 8535225 that's 2068535225 on friday manson mitchell welcome mary beckman who joins us with new and fascinating tools from her ever expanding metaphysical tool bag on saturday robert kopecki survivor of three near death experiences reveals a unique perspective on the challenges presented by covid-19 and political strife Bringing you mastery and mystery since 2007. We are Manson Mitchell, Friday and Saturday mornings at 10 on Alternative Talk AM 1150. Susan Harmon is offering a 20% discount on a bi-locality session if booked by June 15, 2020. Social distancing? No problem. You receive the energy in one location while Susan uses stones and sound in the pyramid at another location. To book your session or to ask about a three-session special, email susan at susanharmon.com or call 206-853-5225. That's 206-853-5225. An alternative to everything else on your radio dial. Alternative Talk 1150. Welcome back to Susan Harmon Experience. She, uh, where my guest, Pina Pelgrano, and uh, Pina has, uh, and Eric always, Eric, Eric, Eric. Uh, we're all, <laughs> I am here. We're all just, he's always here. And we're, we're discussing um, politics somewhat, but humanity, really, when yeah. you get down to it. Uh, what will make difference. One of the things I wanted to bring up that we hadn't talked about at the beginning was, is anybody here familiar with this uh, uh, crazy idea that Wayfair uh, is selling uh, children for sex on their, uh, on their website? What? Yeah. So this, (laughs) this new conspiracy theory is if you're paying $17,000 for a desk, they actually deliver a young girl to you. Oh, my goodness. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah. I'm. You know, Wayfair is owned by Walmart, so on the one hand, I kind of 
I think there's a little weird chuckle in my head. What bothers me the most about this is um, sexual exploitation of children is a real thing. Sure. And, you know, we've discussed it on the show before. There are people doing really good work, but crazy stories are not. I mean, yes, Jerry Epstein, I mean, Jerry, uh, Jeffrey, Jeffrey Epstein. Epstein yeah. yeah. They did some really awful things to individual girls and all, but there isn't this worldwide thing where they're moving children from what, I mean, it's not, they're not that organized folks to begin with. Um, well, I'll just say that I bought a headboard from Wayfair, and it didn't come with any kids, thankfully. Did you Did you pay seventeen grand for it? No, I did it. <laughs> That's the point that, that they're trying to make. And there's some couple here in in Arizona that are just going wacko with it, only because they're having to work at home because of COVID, and they have all this time on their hands. Yeah, no, there's there's a lot of crazy conspiracy theories out there there's some real wacky and there's there's so many things okay for instance false false comparisons i think we talked a little bit about this last week well there are more people died in vietnam you know in the war in vietnam than than with covid uh all the years of the vietnam war yeah and uh the months that we've had covid yeah and Pina, we were talking this morning about how how this virus is also mutating, and some yeah. of the long term effects. If you survive it, it's not like you get a little cold. People get really sick. No, because it seems that it attacks all your organs, so people end up with. And it's not just the lungs. Brain, you know, brain uh, memory loss, fog. Um, depression more than ever like i was even listening to um chris cuomo and he and he admits whatever you know he's gone through he admits whatever he feels and he says yeah i have brain fog it's like i'm not out of the woods um and i don't know going down the road is it gonna you know do i get reinfected i mean what happens we just don't know what all those complications you know that people um end up with one of my um, my nieces, um, um, nurse in Milan, ended up on uh, kidney failure. So now she's destined to be on dialysis for the rest of her life. I mean, you know, blood clots. You know, it affects the heart, all the major, all the major organs in the body. So it's like a total different beast. But scientists, every single day, they're you know they're figuring out new things. Right. And, and, then and we've only been dealing with this for what? six months tops yeah and it's like worldwide yeah and talking about the numbers i mean now it's trump instead than addressing it and running away from it instead than actually helping you know asking the medical community to take a reign of this because he's not capable he's i mean nobody could because he's not a scientist instead he you know he um attacks them just just like the latest view with dr fauci which he has served like what five different presidents, Republican, Democrats. He was always, you know, uh, part of. He's apolitical. The- yeah, I mean, it's just it's just very sad that it has become, you know, a turned into a Democratic Republican. Well, which is well, like- that was one of the first things that he said. This was a, a Democrat. The Democrats were making this up for political reasons. Remember that? Yeah, he said yeah, their latest hopes. Kind of- 
What kind right. of person that has any any brain whatsoever can really believe that? Uh, I think there's about 25% of registered voters, which is a low number because we, we only have like about 30% of the population that even bothers to register uh, that are Trump no matter what. I mean, I came out of, uh, of a store the other day and there's a an SUV part near me. You know how when a kid graduates and you put it on your window, you know, mm-hmm. class of, you know, 2000 and whatever it is and blah, 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 yeah. and congratulations. They have a Trump family, Trump in 2020, get over it. He won. And didn't you like, and it was the weirdest thing. I wanted to pick up a brick and break their window. I mean, I wasn't going to. But do you know what I mean? It, this rage it's, it's, came up. It's not me. worth going to jail. For. No, exactly. Well, there's a whole lot of reasons you don't do it. I mean, there's yes. a ton of reasons. Yes. But the fact that that feeling came up in me, I'm like, what is wrong with me? That, that would enrage me like that. And then I started thinking, well, now maybe I'm understanding why other people get enraged in another direction. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's just and, and it's shock. Is, you know, I mean. We all need to take a breath. Uh, exactly. Get, you know, take a beat you know, and then come back to it. I think, you know, Trump should change his slogan, right? Make America, you know, great again. He should really <laughs> concentrating on making America safe again. You know, and serve all people because he forgets what his role really is. He is. Oh, he no, no, people. he doesn't. He he has no. He does, doesn't. He doesn't forget because he doesn't care. His only role is to in look. This is the first opportunity in his entire life that he has a chance to succeed at a business and actually make money using other people's money because nobody but the Russians will loan him any money or, you know, up until he ran for president. Uh, I mean, I look at someone like Steve Schmidt, Steve Schmidt, Republican strategist, used to be. He's he's quit. He's not a wild-eyed radical. I mean, I'm not going to agree with him on a lot of policy stuff. But he has said, uh, uh, this is like uh, yesterday or the day before, he said, if Trump wins this election, it's the end of it's the end of our democracy. I mean, that's some pretty heavy stuff to say. Yeah, and yeah, definitely. But it's true because you know all the people screaming the you know liberty and all that is like um, that's all going out the window so far because he attacks it, everything. I mean, he's above the law. He definitely thinks that. I mean, he's on, look at it, with all these tell-all books, the latest well, of his own niece that stepped forward and she has credentials because, you know, on top of being educated, she's a clinical psychiatrist, and she said she had to step forward, even though I know he's going to attack her, but it's like he is plainly, you know, unstable, and he is dangerous. He is dangerous, so I had to step forward regardless. Yeah, he uh, he is dangerous. Uh, he's dangerous to our country and our and and our democracy, which was hanging by a thread anyway. Uh, but we look at, you know, when people were marching down the street after um, you know the Minneapolis killing. Um, there's a reason for it. There's a reason for it. You, you you've gone so far. 
pushed people so far. Mm-hmm. But what was amazing to me in that in that time period, this happened in a number of cities. It happened in New York. It happened in Portland, Oregon. It happened in a number of places where when the police officers took a knee, the protesters took a knee with them. There were mm-hmm. there were pe- people hugging each other and crying because of the emotion. And the, they, the, the, the protesters just came up closer and holding hands with the police officers. And guess what? They dispersed and went home. Well, that was humanity at play. These people displayed exactly. humanity. Exactly. You know, when you treat me like a human, when you treat me decently, I'm going to respond to you. Yes. And I, and I don't, why is that hard for people to understand? Will someone please explain that to me? Well, you know, if nothing else, I was thinking that as, you know, as kind of uh, negative in a way, but all this is surfacing. It's like the universe is bringing all these. It brought out it in the open. For a it's all coming out in the change. open. You know, for change at all scales that like we said earlier when we had the private conversation, that we need to reevaluate education, we need to evaluate healthcare, and obviously education starts with telling the full history of the American history, not the one that right. told so right, far. right. So and you know, we need to one address of, the past. Yeah, yeah. One of the the ideas I had, uh, Debbie Lesko, who lucky me, again sarcasm. <laughs> uh, is, is my is my representative in Congress, and she had this phone. A forum. I'm like, okay, I'm going to join that. And I had a question. Now I have written uh, Representative Lesko several letters. They, I don't use foul language. I do during my day all the time, but I don't in a letter. Uh, just saying, like, look, uh, you're supporting bill number so and so and such and such. There's this other bill so and so and such and such, and this is what it says. I, I think that that's a bill that should be. I mean, I send her letters about policy, policy and legislation. Do you know? I think she may recognize my name. <laughs> it's possible because I, I'm kind of a minority on uh, progressive viewpoints. But my question was, well, maybe having the schools closed gives us an opportunity to change the way we're doing education. I mean, I've always wanted to see instead of like first period, you do math, second period, you do gym, third period, you know, it's seven periods and you do all this different stuff a little bit each time. You're putting teenagers in high school, it's school at like 7.15 in the morning and little, you know, and their body clock doesn't come on till 10 a.m. And you're putting little kids who are up and at them at 6 a.m. in school at nine, you know, so you should be reversing that to begin with. And then instead of like having periods of different things, you take Economics. Say you're going to study economics. You do, you take a week or two weeks, whatever the time frame is, and you immerse yourself in that different economic theories, uh, you know, different economists, what, this view on this one, that view on that one, you know, and you don't do anything but economics because that's the way our brains retain information anyway, is in chunks. And then maybe American history, you take three weeks, I don't know, and you immerse yourself totally in that subject. We just change the way we teach to fit the way we learn. Mm-hmm. 
instead of trying to jam everybody into a system that doesn't really work for a lot of people. Now, I, I'm one of those people. I love to take tests. I thought they were fun. I mean, I lo- one, one, one fun thing I did in high school was diagramming sentences. I know, crazy, huh? But I'm different. <laughs> I'm not your normal kid, you know, when I was in school. So we should make schools learning friendly what a concept huh well and so i'm going to ask you guys how because i did most of my elementary school high school and then two years of college in italy so from the elementary school like at different levels we are introduced to world history world geography so we study a little bit of every country so we get an introduction in the elementary and then it gets more in depth like at the, you know, six, seven, eight grade. So that's how I was taught. So I know a little bit of everything. So it gives me a better understanding of the world at large, of the cultures. So you study the cultures and all that. But it seems like to me, based on most people, they're so narrow-minded. That really doesn't happen here. I mean, how much do you guys study a world history and world uh, geography along with the cultures and the economics? Take that one, Eric. Because I went to school. Um, for for me, I I went to British. I went to Australian schools when I was young. Uh, they uh, some of the American kids that was in Japan. They'd go across the bay to the American school, and they were coming home uh, reading, going "Run, Jane, run, sea spot, run," and I was going "Ah, uh, <laughs> duh," you know. Uh, three weeks later, they were still doing Run, Jane, Run, Sea Spot, Run, and I was reading my dad's army manual. Hmm. Now, I didn't pronounce everything correctly, but pretty close. Well, we, we definitely, when I was going to school uh, in California, we definitely uh, had World Civ um, and history uh, and stuff like that where we did cover Quite a bit. I mean, there's a whole lot of history <laughs> in the world there's to cover. A lot of history, so yeah. definitely, there's some blind spots there, and definitely, uh, it was Eurocentric uh, to say the least. But uh, you know, I I feel like you know, people that paid attention actually did get some good uh, historical context uh, of the world. That's well, true. Because, well, yeah, because when it comes especially to geography and cultures, it seems like the most Americans even refuse to to understand that there's other people in the world there are other nations um and there are other you know societies and how you you should learn from them you know interact or right. is it just right. an arrogance is it just an arrogance that you know what uh, we're number one well now we're number one in COVID, so i don't know about that but so i don't care about others i don't need to know about others they need to know about us instead Right. The mentality. There is that idea in the culture, but I mean, I can't blame that on our schools. Uh, You know, I think they're Mm. trying (laughs) to teach. Well, I'm not saying the the schools aren't trying. That wasn't my that wasn't my my thing at all. They're all trying. Sure. But I just think the system itself is messed up. Honestly, when people say I want to get back to normal, I don't. I don't like corporations running everything. I don't like our normal. Don't talk to me about a free market when small businesses can't survive because corporations just run over the top of them. I don't think that's a free market. I mean, there's a lot of things wrong with how we do things, and we can do a lot better. I'm just saying. 
Sure. And, and I mean, and talking about corporations, I mean, we, you know, we've kind of relearned the same thing that we did during the last great economic downturn, that there's something really wrong with corporations that they need federal bailouts every time there's an economic downturn when they're making record profits uh, the right. rest of the time. And yet, as soon as something goes a little bit south, they don't have resources to draw on, apparently, because all that money's gone to stockholders or stock buybacks or any of these things. They don't have the resources to support the company or support their employees um, without federal bailouts, which seems crazy when they're making record profits year after year after year until something like this happens. Well, yeah, I'm, and, and talking will, about schools, the, the most disturbing statement yesterday made by the press secretary of Trump about this. Open sorry, I just took a drink and almost choked because Betsy DeVos is <laughs> on my hit list. Well, <laughs> well, this one was the white you know, House press secretary. So her statement was the president has said unmistakably that he wants schools to open. And when he says open, he means open in full. Science should not stand in the way of reopening. Science should not stand in the way. I mean, what kind of statement is that? It's like education. We're reaching four million. We, you know, we have close to 140,000 deaths. Now he's even obliterated. You know, the CDC looks like now that was his latest move. That he is wanting the CDC out. And he's going to have the uh, Department of Health and Human Services directly um, get the information and, you know, and basically report to him. Well, he's taking out CDC as part of, you know, of the uh, of the department to handle that. So that means he's going to want to hide those numbers even more. What other reason is there? Because he wants to hide it. He doesn't want to tell the people what it, you know, what the true numbers are. So if the hospital, I mean, it's bad enough that not all of them, especially in some states, like I've been listening to different news, that some of the Republican um, governors are hiding those those dates anyway, like including the Florida and all that. So now that he's manipulating this, he's basically saying, you know, you better report directly to me and then I'll decide what comes out. I mean, this is beyond criminal now. I, I just, it is. I, well, now, I, I heard a, a thing on TYT, the Young Turks, uh, uh, with, um, what's her name, California Senator, been there forever. Uh, oh. Barbara Boxer? Uh, no, the, no. Uh, is Boxer a senator? Uh, uh, no. Um, short, dark hair. Anyway, um, she wanted to, to attach oh, to I'm sorry. the— Oh, uh, Kamala Harris or Diane— uh, Diane Feinstein. Feinstein. Yeah. Yeah. Diane Feinstein. She, um, you know, wanted to to the any state that doesn't do the man mandated masks and all doesn't get, uh, you know, any assistance in COVID. And the, what the uh, commentator on TYT said, which I thought was very good, she says, I don't think it's fair to the citizens of that state to be uh, punished for what the elected people have done. And and I think that's a really good point, you know, because it's not the elected people that are going to be damaged by non-assistance. It's the, the citizens of the state. 
and and I and I think that's a a really good distinction. But you don't punish people who, you know, while you're having a political fight with with the policymakers. You know, does that make yeah, sense? That goes, yeah, that goes again into the politicization of you know Democrats and whatever. It's like, you know, this should be about people, not people. Politics. Exactly, exactly. I totally agree. Well, we are running really close to being out of time. Um, did we miss any important point that we can wrap up in the next minute or two? Oh, I'm sure um, there's plenty of important points of that, <laughs> to well, cover. That's there. why I brought up the CDC and the Department of Human Health, because that was a, a big point. That's, that's huge. You know? yeah. And also, oh, I wanted to say one quick thing, too. The Supreme Court's decision that disenfranchised and brought back a poll tax for over a million voters in Florida by by they're like we we don't want people to vote uh i mean i that was there's been such a mixed bag of supreme court decisions and that one i felt was horrendous for all these people because the state of florida doesn't even know what people owe for fines who were convicted felons so that they can vote there's people who've registered to vote now they don't know are they going to get arrested if they register to vote and they don't even know what they owe yeah. I mean, it's, it's so insane. You know, in other countries, everybody gets to vote. And that's taxation without representation. If you if you you were a convicted felon and you're paying taxes, you should be voting. You know, we fought we fought a revolution on that basis and everybody should get to vote. I'm tired of this. Let's get let's not let people vote. Let's let everybody vote. You know, come on. And I was just going to say briefly, talking about COVID, um, the WHO that Trump obviously has, you know, shut down. Uh, the first week of July, they had um, a major meeting, obviously, these on about gathering all the latest um, scientific findings. Um, yeah. And they were like over on these trials that they're trying for therapeutics trial and vaccine right. that had over like 55,000 patients in 39 countries. So right. they're all converting together. So we're not part of that. That's the other criminal part. That's the other if, thing that's wrong. You know, okay, folks, we are, too. well, we're out of time now. Uh, you've been listening to our potpourri of current events. Uh, Pina Belgrano, thank you for joining me and help talking about this. Eric, always good to hear what you have to say. And I am Susan of Susan Harmon Experience, leaving you for now. I will see you next week. Have a great day, everybody.